Hello, you're listening to Drawn to the Flame, a sometimes fortnightly, sometimes monthly podcast for fans of Arkham Horror, the card game. I'm your host, Frank, and you can probably tell by that intro music, this is another one of my live plays. Like the previous live play that was the sort of pilot live play, I'm not going to talk a lot about what I'm going to do and why, but the investigator chosen for me by the community probably requires a bit more explanation and conversation than Roland does, just because she's somewhat newer and somewhat more fiddly. So I'll do some of our introductory reading, and then I'll draw an opening hand and we'll get talking. Agenda 1A. Quiet Halls. You have arrived at the Miskatonic University campus in search of Professor Warren Rice. Classes are over, and a mysterious silence hangs in the air over the quad. Seven Doom. Act 1A. After Hours. Professor Rice was last seen several hours ago by one of Armitage's students in the Humanities Building, and it's a threshold of three clues. I'm playing on standard difficulty, so skulls are minus one. If I fail, I discard the top three cards of my deck, and cultists are minus one or minus three instead if there are ten or more cards in my discard pile. And I begin play at the Miskatonic Quad. A too early winter has stripped the trees bare. Their dead branches whistle as a sharp, cold wind cuts across the empty quad. Suitable for this January evening. Three shroud, no clues. Action, resign. We can't find rice anywhere. You leave the campus, hoping Armitage will forgive you. Surrounded by fences and gates of wrought iron, you can't help but feel as much a prisoner here as a guest. Now, I'm playing as Sephina Russo, the painter, and I'm going to just quickly refresh her for some of you in case you can't remember. So she's got four will, two intellect, two combat, and four agility, and she reads forced when you would draw your opening hand Draw 13 cards instead. Choose up to five events to place beneath this card and keep eight cards as your opening hand. Discard the rest. You cannot mulligan. So I'm going to start dealing myself 13 cards. I've shuffled already. Um, As an action, I can choose an event beneath this card and draw it. It does not provoke attacks of opportunity. And my Elder Sign effect is plus three. I may choose an event beneath this card and draw it. If deck lists are your kind of thing, for each of these... Dunwich playthrough episodes, I'm going to put the starter deck, and I'll try and put the upgraded deck and try and remember to put it at the stage that we're at. So if you just want to look at the starter deck first and don't want to see the upgrades and see how much XP I've got, I'll try and do them as two separate links. Right, 13, here we go. When I play Sephina, I like to look immediately and see if I've got five events. So I'm just going to separate them to one side. One, two, three, four, five. Exactly five events. So of those events, I've got a quantum flux. Not really wanting to painted world that. A backstab, that's a very good target. An elusive, a think on your feet, and a cheap shot. So a couple of those are singletons that are really kind of toolboxy cards in this deck. Uh, particularly the cheap shot and the quantum flux. It would have been nice to have a Drawn to the Flame podcast title under there, but hey, I'll take it. And then what are the other eight cards in my hand? Well, in terms of skills, there's a perception and a gut. I've got two copies of the Painted World in my opening hand, which is 
Certainly useful for the think on your feet, maybe for the backstab. Maybe for the cheap shot, but probably not. I mean, it's useful for killing whippoorwills, but it's quite expensive. And then I've got, so, Guts, Perception, two Painted Worlds. I've got a Flashlight, a Leo de Luca, a Shriveling, and a Holy Rosary. So, no economy there, unfortunately. So, it might be a bit of a slow start. But the nice thing is I don't have to choose what I mulligan, because I don't get a mulligan. And conveniently, in this instance, I don't even get to pick what I keep, because there are five events and eight other cards. Well, two of the events are Painted Worlds. But, yeah. Okay, so getting Leo down would be useful. Can I do anything else, though? If I take a resource, play Leo, I'm down to zero, and then I could take two, and I run the risk of drawing something like pushed into the beyond and losing Leo straight away. So maybe it'd be better to do some sort of setup instead with the shriveling. I could go shriveling flashlight, shriveling holy rosary, or I could go shriveling and take two, and I'd be up to four or five at the end of the turn. None of that is really ideal. It's a slightly odd hand, isn't it? I could go shriveling flashlight and move. The thing is, I quite like staying put here, and I can always think on my feet if I need to move away. I've got the guts to help with some shriveling if I draw an enemy I think I can one-shot. So maybe I just play shriveling, but then I run the risk of losing that as well. Shriveling and rosary. Mm, what I really wanted was a lone wolf. So I think first action I'm going to draw, of all things. <laughs> it is an emergency cash. Got two actions left. Don't want to discard any cards. So I could play the cash for three. I think I'm definitely doing that. And the question is, do I get the shriveling down or do I get something else down? I think what I get down is the rosary. If I lose something, it's not the worst loss. I don't have to discard anything then. I can also move away from enemies with Think on Your Feet. So I'm going to spend two for that. First action draw, second action cash, third action rosary. Enemy phase, there aren't any enemies. Upkeep, I draw a card. Oh, I get a resource. The card is Haunted, which is my basic weakness. Revelation, add it to my threat area. I get minus one to each of my skills and a double action to discard it. So I'm on one, two, three, four, five, six, seven cards in hand. Only the Rosary down. Turn two. One Doom. And I draw a Yidian Observer. Four fight, four health, and three evade. Praise on the fewest cards in hand. And when it attacks you, you discard one card at random from your hand. Well, I'm glad I kept this painted world, because I think I just think on my feet away from this monstrosity. I'm in no possible position to deal with it. So I play painted world as a copy of think on my feet for one. Fast, play when an enemy would spawn at my location. Immediately move to a connecting location. The enemy still spawns at your previous location. So there's a Yilian Observer waiting in the Miskatonic Quad, and I will move to the Humanities Building. That's where the students said that they'd seen Professor Rice. Professor Rice was last seen in the Humanities Building, teaching one of his Latin classes. The murky windows of the weather-worn structure emit no light, and the night is silent around you. Three Shroud as well, two clues per investigator, 
Forced at the end of your turn, if you are in the Humanities building, discard the top X cards of your deck, where X is the amount of horror on you, currently zero. The power is out, plunging the building's halls into heavy darkness. There's no sign of Professor Rice. And that painted world I used, uh, it gets played as an exact copy of the event, and it's removed from the game instead of discarding, so I've set it to one side. Okay, luckily Yidian observers don't hunt, which leaves me with three actions. I'm going to play Leo for six, taking me down to zero resources. And I've now got three actions left. I'm going to clear Haunted for two of those actions. I can't be wasting time with no, well, with minus one to all my skills. And then my last action is actually just going to be to take a resource because I'm down to zero. If I want to play this flashlight and start cleaning up in the humanities building, I'm going to need to build up. And also I want to get the shriveling down at some point because I'm going to need to go through that Yidian Observer at some point. Enemy phase, the Yidian doesn't hunt. Upkeep, I draw a card. It's another copy of Shriveling. And I go up to two resources. Mythos, turn three. We go to two doom. And I draw the light of a Forgamon. This is a treachery. It's packed and power traded. It has peril, so you can't tell me what you think I should do. Revelation, I must attach light of a Forgamon to either the current agenda or the current act. Limit one per agenda and act. Treat all damage as direct damage and all horror as direct horror. Well, my plan is to get three clues at this side of the of the place. It's going to take me a couple of turns and it'll probably be slowed down by trying to get a shriveling into play. Will it take as long as five more doom on quiet halls? Let's think it through. In theory, I could clear this location this turn with my flashlight, two investigations, and a move. Orn Library takes a double action. It would be nice to have some more intellect icons in hand to really guarantee that. So that's probably two turns worth. Three turns worth? I'm going to attach it. I'm going to be bold and attach it to the act. And it's back to me. Luckily that doesn't surge or anything like that. What I'm tempted to do, I want two resources, is take a resource, get shriveling down. Then at least I'm a bit more set up. And I'll have two actions left, which I could use to take back two resources. I'll be able to play Flashlight next turn, and I will have just stabilised a little bit. The thing I really don't want to do is try and rush to advance and then get mobbed by enemies and sort of peter out of momentum. It really pays with Seth to build a bit of a board, even if, as you've seen, it's not been the most strong of starts. So take a resource, first action. Play shriveling, second action. Comes in with four charges. The other option, of course, is that I could draw a card rather than just taking a resource. If I draw, I could draw another cash, could draw some cancellation, could draw Drawn to the Flame, and that would be very useful for clearing this location. Okay, third action draw. Drawn a Storm of Spirits. And fourth action, take a resource. Enemy phase, doesn't hunt. Upkeep, I draw a backstab, and I get another resource, I'm up to two. Cards in hand, backstab and Storm of Spirits, guts and perception. Flashlight and Shriveling, and One Painted World. Well, now that I have a backstab in hand, it seems to me even more likely that I'm not going to use this Painted World to backstab underneath me. Although that would take me up to three backstabs. It's just very expensive at nine, and I'm 
not having my most resource heavy game at the moment. So I'll just hold on there. Turn four, three doom. And I draw Whippoorwill. But of course they would turn up at some point. So they are aloof. They just turn up and float in front of me. Well, I can play around them somewhat. I can move away and investigate somewhere else first. And then they'd follow me to that location. And then I could leave and come back to the humanities building. I've not actually spent an action to move here yet because I thought on my feet. It would be great if we could somehow <laughs> get them near the Yidian Observer. Because playing Storm of Spirits against the Whippoorwill, I'm a 4v2. And that would potentially do 2 damage to the Yidian as well. It seems a little bit tricksy, though, to make that work, because I'd have to engage the Whippoorwill, drag it, taking a horror, and then land the Storm of Spirits. I think the right thing to do is get this... Well, the other option is I shrivel the Whippoorwill. I have got four charges on the shriveling. I've got another shriveling in hand. I could engage and shrivel. I'd be 4v2, and then I could play the flashlight and investigate. Or I move up to the Orn Library play the flashlight and double action investigate and try and clear that location. I'd be committing my perception to it, so I'd be drawing a card. I like that one slightly more, although killing a Whippoorwill now is always useful. It is hard to know, isn't it? The other option, of course, is that I could Painted World the cheap shot. That allows me to attack at, well, my combat is one, and my agility is three, so it only allows me to attack at four. It's actually not, not worth it. I may as well use a shriveling charge. The only reason I wouldn't is to save it. Hmm. Tricky, tricky. Investigate and move on. Run the risk of a little Whippoorwill swamp. Or engage Whippoorwill. Let's engage it. First action, engage. Second action, spend a charge of shriveling. I have the Holy Rosary down, so it should be a five. But because I have a Whippoorwill at my location, I'm a 4v2. Do I want to commit this Guts? No. I also have the Painted World. I don't really want to commit that. 4v2. I believe in myself. Minus 2. Great. Cooked Whippoorwill. Second action. Now I've got another choice. Play Flashlight and Investigate. And that would allow me to Investigate Move, Double Investigate next turn. Or draw and then decide if I'm going to play the flashlight. What am I drawing for? I'm drawing for Lone Wolf. That's really what I want to start pumping up the resources to get out of this hole. Third action draw. It's another copy of the Painted World. And fourth action play flashlight. Going down to zero resources. Three charges there. Upkeep. I draw another Holy Rosary. So I've got two Painted Worlds. Storm. Backstab. Guts Perception. Shriveling. Holy Rosary. I'm on eight cards and one resource. Go to four doom, five of seven rather, and I draw pushed into the beyond. Choose and shuffle a non-story asset you control into your deck and discard the top three cards of your deck. If a copy of that asset is discarded, take two horror. Well, I've just put the flashlight down. I already know that the Holy Rosary is in my hand, so the most horror I can take from this is two. And I'll shuffle this in. You're probably wondering what the Quantum Flux is doing in my deck. It's a one-of. One of the first purchases I plan to 
make with this run is adaptable and I'm using Quantum Flux as a sort of beyond the veil protection. But in Sephina, there's another reason why it's useful, and that is that as your deck thins out and gets smaller and smaller, uh, Stars of Hyades gets more and more damaging. And I have had games where it started to hit with sort of unerring accuracy, and it can be really frustrating as it starts destroying the events underneath her. So Quantum Flux can be a way of just bulking out your deck again and protecting yourself from Hyades. So it's sort of doing double duty. I won't run it in every scenario, I don't think, but it's a useful, it's a single wild icon, which isn't too bad, you know. Of all the icons you'd want a one-off wild is probably best. Okay, that feels very shuffled. First card, think on your feet. Second card, Lone Wolf. Third card, Elusive. Okay, not very nice, but no horror. Back to me. Right, I've got to get going, haven't I? Not really going to paint it well with any of those. So the, the good painted world targets are elusive and think on my feet now because my other elusive and think of me are in my discard pile. I can investigate once with this perception at 4v1 or I could do two at 2v1, just, just not boosting and move on from there and then I'd be a 4v1 in the other room. I'll do... Oh, it's hard to know, isn't it? I want to keep the perception for other things. I really want to draw into the flame. I'm about to start discarding cards if I'm not careful. I could take a resource, play a Holy Rosary, investigate, investigate. Yeah, let's do that. Take a resource, play a Holy Rosary, investigate with the flashlight. 2v1. Minus one. Oh. And fourth action, go again. 2v1. Zero. Oh, okay. I pushed my luck heavily then, and it paid off. That's two clues. Seven cards in hand. Upkeep draws me another guts. I get a resource. One resource. Mythos goes up to five doom, and I draw a Yidian Observer, which appears in the Humanities building. Well, I have these two guts. Could just try and kill it. Or, well, hard to know. You don't really want to leave the XP hanging, do you? Guts, guts, move up. I'd be probably committing to using the Painted Worlds to kill the other Yidian Observer because I don't really have the resources for anything. I do have another Shriveling in hand I can reset. Tricky. I stay and fight. The lure of the XP is so strong. First action, spend a Shriveling charge. Commit a Guts. I'm a four, five, six, seven against three. Zero. Two damage, and I draw a card from the guts, and that card is a manual dexterity. Second action. Shrivel again, down to one charge and shriveling. Committed guts. Seven against four. Skull. Minus one. I don't fail, but I do take a horror, and there's light of a Forgamon in play, so I take that on me. And it draws me a card, which is a flashlight. The Yidian is in the victory display. Two actions left, eight cards in hand. You almost certainly want to move on up to the Orn Library, now that I have a horror on me. 
Three floors of weathered grey granite, the library looks more like a reliquary than a place of learning. Stone gargoyles snarl down from above arched windows, and Latin script winds around the double doors at the top of a wide set of stone steps. Three shroud, one clue. You must spend one additional action to investigate the Orn Library. The Orn Library is a labyrinth of dusty bookshelves and poorly lit halls. So poor old Seth has come here to help out her mentor, Henry Armitage. She knows very little about Arkham. The first thing she has to do is run around this university that she knows nothing about, trying to find a person she's never met. Ludicrous, if you ask me. I've only got one action left. I'm sort of happy to discard this other flashlight. Well, sort of, but not really. I think I just take a resource for the last action. I can't investigate any two actions. I've got a flashlight ready. Yeah, take a resource up to two. Upkeep, I draw. Has to come up sometimes. The Stars of Hyades. Revelation. Randomly choose an event beneath Sephina Russo and remove it from the game. If you cannot, take one damage and one horror. If your deck has five or more cards in it, shuffle Stars of Hyades back into your deck instead of discarding it. Well, I definitely have more than five cards. Okay, they feel pretty shuffled. I'll lay them out. I have a little die here. Uh, one on the left, five on the right. Four, that is. Cheap shot. Okay, no harm done there. Cheap shot's another one of, as I mentioned. Did I say about it's useful for killing whippoorwills? It's sort of useful for killing whippoorwills. I might get rid of it fairly soon. The nice thing about Adaptable is you can flex in these different events, and they give you this chance with Seth to sort of almost experiment with what you want to paint. I think that ideal that you're going to paint one card three times and get five uses out of it is not actually realistic to what a game plays like. It's quite rare that you want five drawn to the flames, in solo at least. If you're a very dedicated role, if you're just killing things, maybe you do want five backstabs, but that's you know incredibly expensive. So what, what I find happen is that I want a mixture of events underneath her, and I want the option to do different things. And that normally sees me in fairly good stead. This was upkeep, wasn't it? Did I take a resource? Right, the good thing about recording is I could actually go and check if I did take a resource, and I didn't. So I took a resource, fourth action, which took me to two. So then I took Stars of Hyades, that distracted me, and it didn't go up to three. I need to get better at that. But I don't need to discard a card, because... <sighs> right, up to six Doom, I was maybe called it wrong with the Light of a Forgamon. We'll see. And the card I draw is Terror from Beyond. Do, do, do. I love the art on this, by the way. Revelation. Choose one of the following card types. Asset, event, or skill. Each player must discard each card in his or her hand that is of the chosen card type. If this is not the first copy of Terror from the Beyond during this phase, choose two card types instead. Okay. Um, have a think and see if you can remember what my hand is, and then we can have a guess what I'm going to pick. Okay, thinking, thinking. I'll run you through what I have. I have four events. Two Painted Worlds, a Storm of Spirits, and a Backstab. I think losing half my hand is ludicrous. I have a Shriveling and a Flashlight. Given that I have one charge of each in play, losing those two could be mad. And I have a Manual Dexterity and a Perception. The Perception I really want, 
because I was planning to investigate the Orn Library now and pitch the perception into it to try and pass. But I think I lose those two. I think that's the right call. I can play another shriveling this turn if I want to. It just seems to be madness not to pitch those two. So that's what I'm going to do. Okay, four actions, one clue on the Orn Library. Do I investigate pitching a card to take me to 3v1 for two actions? I think first action I draw to see if I can get an answer. It is a sneak attack. Okay, so now I could pitch the flashlight and the sneak attack and be 4v1 testing second action. I'd be down to no flashlights, but I have a contingency plan in that I have two copies of Drawn to the Flame in the deck. Yeah, so I commit those two and use the flashlight. First action draw. Ooh, do I? Doing my maths incorrectly. Okay, no, this will still work. First action draw. Second and third actions investigate. Plus two icons, so that takes me to a four, and the flashlight takes the shroud to one. Minus three, pulled it right, grab a clue. Those two go into my discard pile. Right, I'm spending those three immediately because Light of a Forgamon gets discarded. I still have an action left. You were unable to find Professor Rice, but one of the students you spoke with mentioned a strange man entering Rice's office. Unfortunately, the door leading to the faculty offices is locked at this late hour. The student says that the head janitor, Jazz, might be able to let you in if you can find him. Shuffle the encounter discard pile and the set-aside Jazz Mulligan into the encounter deck. So as I do that, I'll read out Act 2A. Rice's whereabouts. Concern for Professor Rice's safety. <laughs> Concern for Professor Rice's safety. You seek out the head janitor, who can let you into the locked sections of the canvas. As an action, I can spend one clue, and I discard the top ten cards of the encounter deck. Forced, if I discard Jazz Mulligan for any reason, resolve his revelation effect. And the objective here is, when I take control of Jazz, advance. Now, I gambled that I would be able to clear the act before the agenda advanced, and have one action left this turn before we hit Seven Doom. Now here is an example of a time when knowing a scenario well gives you a little bit of a leg up. I, for instance, know that when the agenda advances, we take horror based on the number of cards in your discard pile. I think one horror if you have five, two horror if you have ten. I've already taken one horror. I've got a few places I can put horror, the Holy Rosary, Leo de Luca. But I also have this quantum flux underneath me, and I could painted world it to reshuffle all these cards, so that would dilute Hyades, and it would draw me a card, and it would only cost me one. And I'm sort of inclined to do that to avoid the horror. It does mean I'm one Painted World fewer, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. The other risk of that, I suppose, is that it thins my deck out for finding Drawn to the Flame, which is kind of problematic. But if I can get past this other Yidian, Maybe I can stabilise a little bit and Drawn to the Flame won't matter as much. Maybe I can get lucky and draw into Drawn to the Flame, although I don't fancy my chances of that either. I suppose if I don't Quantum Flux now, I run the risk of hitting Hyades again, 
and losing it. And at that point, then, the chance of resetting my deck at all and getting back that perception, getting back the two guts, is completely closed off to me. Uh, unless I can get through the entire deck, which starts to be really tricky. So, encounter deck done. I think that's what I'm going to do. Pay one, shuffle my discard pile into my deck, and draw one card, remove Quantum Flux from the game. Except I don't remove Quantum Flux from the game because I've used the Painted World for it. The reason I paused when I was about to investigate the Orn Library is because I miscounted actions, forgotten the double action, and was going to draw the Quantum Flux out from underneath me and then play it. So spend two actions on it rather than a Painted World. And I may come to Rue spending that Painted World, definitely, but there we go. Immediate goals. Well, I'm going to need to get through this Eidian next turn, which is going to be a bit nasty, unless I try and do something cunning. Oh, and I draw a card. It's another copy of Leo. Well, that's at least an intellect icon. Upkeep. I draw a card. It's an elusive. Another intellect icon. And I go up to three resources. We hit seven doom. So I flip Agenda 1A. The university is dead silent. The shadows coil about your feet as you walk, and you swear there is something following you with each step you take. Is it just your imagination? Or is there really someone or something stalking you? Each investigator with five or more cards in his or her discard pile takes one horror. I have zero cards. And then there's a clause about ten or more cards. If the players have completed, the house always wins. We haven't. Uh, so we go to Agenda 2A. Dead of night. Professor Rice's disappearance isn't the only thing amiss at the university. Well, yeah, there's a massive Yidian observer in the quad. You're unsure exactly what is going on, Yidian invasion, but you're starting to believe Armitage was right in asking for your help. Each investigator's maximum hand size, usually eight, is reduced by three while checking his or her hand size during the upkeep phase. This is a three-doom agenda. So I have six cards in hand, so I'm only one over. I'm probably going to be playing a shriveling. And before I do anything else, I need to draw a card. Terror from Beyond. Choose asset, event, or skill. Well, I have four events and two assets in my hand. I'm going to choose skill and discard none. That was a nice turn. <laughs> Thank you, Mythos Phase. Okay, getting down this new shriveling is of importance. So I'm going to play that for three, taking me down to zero. I could move in and shrivel twice, and in terms of icons that I have, I've got a plus two from the Painted World and a plus one from the Storm of Spirits, which is unlikely to be played, so that would make me three up and then two up, which isn't terrible, but it doesn't leave me very much leeway if I fail either of those tests, and I haven't failed the test yet, so I'm a bit wary of that. If I draw cards, I'm going to have to discard cards. If I take resources and somewhat treading water, do I risk a turn of taking resources and I'd lose one card at the end of the turn? I could maybe chuck the Leo. Or do I just push on and head in onto the Seedian Observer? Leo can take the hit, I suppose. Let's do it. Action two, move in. The Yidian engages me. I'm at the Miskatonic quad. Action three, I'll shrivel. I've got the Holy Rosary down, so I'm a 5v4. And I'll commit this Storm of Spirits. To make me a 6v4. Minus 2. Yes! Oh, I was very nervous about that. Well, it can still all go wrong. I've got one action left. Thank you, Leo De Luca. 
and I'll attack again using the charge from the new shriveling, and I'll commit this painted world to the shrivel. So I get plus two, one for the will and one for the wild, which takes me to six, seven against four. Minus two, again. Dead Yidian number two. Sephina Yidian Slayer. Upkeep. No enemies. I draw an emergency cash, and that's timely, and I get a resource. I'm on one. Mythos. Oh, and cards in hand. Cash, elusive, backstab, Leo. One doom of three, and I draw Beyond the Veil. Surge. Put Beyond the Veil into play in your threat area if there's no copy of Beyond the Veil in your threat area. Forced, if your deck has no cards in it, take 10 damage and discard Beyond the Veil. Well, at the moment, my discard pile only has two cards in it, but I do actually have quite a lot of cards in play, and I've got three cards removed from play. So total cards I can see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, and I've got a 38-card deck, so I've got 20 cards left in my deck. Beyond the Veil surges into an arcane barrier blocking the Miskatonic quad. Hmm. So this says, Revelation attached to your location as an additional cost to move into or out of attached location. Test willpower four. If successful, discard arcane barrier. Otherwise, you must either cancel the effects of the move or discard the top five cards of your deck. So a quarter of my current deck. Not very nice. Okay, what to do? Beyond the Veil puts me on a clock, but I feel in a fairly strong position. I just need to find clues and find jazz. I could play Emergency Cash, get myself up some money, draw a card. Depending on what that card is, try and bust the barrier moving into the Student Union. That still leaves me an action spare. That seems nice. An alternative would be drawing more cards, but I'm already on four. Should I draw one? Draw one, cash, move, something. Gives me a bit of leeway. If I draw two cash, I'd be losing a card. Yeah, I'll draw, draw one first. First action draw. It's a flashlight. That is timely. Second action cash for three resources. Third action, I'll play this new flashlight. My other one was empty. This one has three charges. And fourth action. Mm, am I ready to bust the barrier? Or at least try. I'm going to stay put because I'm thinking, oh no, I can't think on my feet anymore. Fourth action, I could draw Think on My Feet. Now, this is another fun thing about playing Seth that is going to make these recordings a little bit trickier. There are so many points when you've got a choice of what to do where the line of best play gets really blurred. I feel like I've played a lot of Roland and I'm quite confident with most of the flow. With Seth, you reach a point in the game like this where You've got to take into account there are no painted worlds left. So that means that the cards underneath Seth are only there to protect her from Hyades. So at which point you're saying, well, do I want to draw those cards out of her instead? Still just drawing a card, but you know what you're going to get. So for instance, something like Think on Your Feet, it's now useless underneath her. I don't have access to it unless I draw it. And if I've already drawn an enemy, it doesn't help me. So my thinking with this fourth action is I draw it into my hand and then I have it as a buffer. If I draw an enemy next turn, I've not seen any for a little while, and the enemy appears at my location, I'll use it to push me into the student union. And if I fail that test going through the arcane barrier, I just lose five cards and be done with it. So yeah, I think that's what I'm going to do. Another option, of course, would be to pick up this quantum flux at some point, just so that I'm even more protected. 
from this beyond the veil. Upkeep. I'm four cards in hand, but I draw a lone wolf. Hmm. <laughs> Is it worth playing? And I go up to three resources. Five cards in hand, so safe. Two doom of three, and I draw visions of future past. Revelation. Test willpower five. For each point you fail by, discard the top card of your deck. Are these visions of things to be, or things as they might be? Or could these horrors have already happened? Um, nothing I can do to boost, so I'm a 5v5. Skull, minus one. If you fail, discard the top three cards of your deck. I fail by one. Uh, so I discard one for visions, which is a perception. And three for the skull. A sneak attack. A cash. And a lone wolf. Nasty. I'm thinking now that I run through the barrier and don't worry about breaking it. Lose another five cards and quantum flux them back. Just to stay safe. First action, I'll play this lone wolf. Now, hopefully you'll see the deck I've built start to come to life a little bit. Second action, I'll try and move into the student union. I'm a 5v4. Minus two, so I've failed by one. I can either cancel the move or just lose five cards. I'm going to lose five. A ward of protection. A manual dexterity. Haunted. Guts. Guts. Huh. Who shuffled this deck? The student union reads... Even at this late hour, you can hear a muffled chatter from inside the student union. Perhaps one of the students will know where Professor Rice is. It has one shroud and two clues, and that's a, a fixed clue value, so it always has two. Forced, after it's revealed, put the set-aside dormitories into play, and it says the door leading into the dormitories is locked. You cannot move into the dormitories. And as a double action in the student union, I can heal a damage and a horror, which at the moment I don't really need. First action, lone wolf. Second action, move. I'm down two, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine cards in my deck. could probably work out what most of them are, but I'm not going to do that. There's definitely two drawn to the flames there. And I've got two actions left. We've still got this hand size of five. So I think definitely I should investigate, and I'll use a flashlight charge. Two be one, uh, zero, two be zero. Minus four, zero v zero, I get a clue. Okay, now I have a choice. Draw Quantum Flux to protect it from Hyades and keep it in my hand. Or spend clue and discard ten cards from the encounter deck trying to find Jazz. If I find Jazz, next turn I could potentially chuck Elusive and Leo from my hand and try and get him on side. I could chuck Elusive Leo and a couple of cards from underneath me. There's another elusive underneath Seth. I'm just going to look and see if both my perceptions have gone. No, only one has gone. So again, quantum fluxing keeps me away from the cards that I really want. Water protection, drawn to the flame, perception. So it's not always ideal, but it obviously has protected me from beyond the veil. Um, okay, I'm going to gamble that that's not Stars of Hyades at the top of my deck. I'm going to spend my fourth action to spend this clue and discard ten from the encounter deck because I'm playing solo. Whippoorwill, good. Ancient Evils, better. Thrall, fine. Whippoorwill, yes. Arcane Barrier, fine. Lost count. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, yeah. 
Locked door. Good. Wizard of Yogg Sothoth. Pushed into the beyond. Eight. Light of a Forgamon. Nine. Light of a Forgamon. Ten. Let me just count. Check I've got that right. Yeah. It's funny how <laughs> doing it live, it's hard to keep track of things like actions and things like that. Well, that's my fourth action. Nothing happens at the end of my turn. There are no enemies. Upkeep. I draw. Hallelujah. Drawn to the flame. I'm at five cards. I get a resource. We go up to three doom, so the agenda advances. Of course, I could have remembered that, and I wouldn't have had to... Oh, no, the hand size still would have mattered. The experiment gone wrong. An experiment gone wrong. A cry of fear echoes through the campus, and several students flee from the eastern side of the university, where the science building can be found. Could this commotion be linked to Professor Rice's disappearance? If the dormitory's location is not in play, put it in play. If the experiment is in play, move it one location towards the dormitories. If the experiment is not in play, spawn it at the science building. That's just next to the Miskatonic Quad. This leads us to Agenda 3A, the Beast Unleashed. Some kind of wild creature is on the loose. Whatever it is, it appears to be headed towards the university dormitories. Two Doom Threshold? Forced, when this agenda would advance by reaching its Doom Threshold... Instead, remove all doom in play and move the experiment one location towards the dormitories. So it would move to the quad, the union, and then the dormitories. Objective, if the experiment enters the dormitories, advance. And I draw an encounter card, and it is a thrall. Spawn at the location with the most clues, which is here with me. Mm. Well, I can just shrivel this guy without much issue. Or I could think on my feet away from it, and I'd be moving back into the arcane barrier. Nope, I'm going to keep it there. Now I'm on three resources. My turn's beginning. There are no investigators at my location apart from me, so I gain a resource and go up to four. First action, I will try to shrivel this thrall, leaving me with two charges on my second shriveling. 5v2. Elder Sign, plus 3, 8v2. This is a dead thrall. And I may choose a card beneath this card and draw it. An event beneath this card and draw it, rather. Do I want a Backstab? Already have one. An Elusive? Already have one. Or a Quantum Flux? Well, I think the Flux comes. It's certainly showing some sorts of worth. Second action, I investigate. I need to try and find Jazz. I'm a 2v0 because I'm using the second charge from the flashlight. Minus 4 again, weird. 0v0 gets me one of those. Third action, I discard 10 cards from the encounter deck. Visions of Future Past, Offer of Power, Offer of Power. Jazz Mulligan, that's 4. Eager for Death, 5. Terror from Beyond, 6. Ancient Evil, 7. Ancient Evils, 8. Vision of Future Past, 9. Whippoorwill, 10. That's all the Whippoorwills gone. And Jazz is in play at my location. So Jazz reads, Revelation, put Jazz Mulligan into play at your location. While he's not controlled by an investigator, he gains action, parlay, test intellect 3. If successful, take control of Jazz Mulligan. While you control Jazz Mulligan, you ignore the text on each unrevealed Miskatonic location. He's got 2 health and 2 sanity. He is ally-traded, but he doesn't take up the ally slot, so Leo would stay. 
And the objective on Act 2A is when you take control of Jazz Mulligan advance. So let's just look what I have in my hand. I'd be a 2v3 testing this parlay. I could throw in an elusive and a Leo to be 4v3. I could even throw in a Quantum Flux and a Think on My Feet to be 6v3. It's actually sort of tempting just to do that. I've only got eight cards left in my deck, of which one is stars, one is perception. For gamble and landed, we're ready to go, and I move into the dormitories, giving away what my plan is. Do I hold back the quantum flux just in case? No, I do it. 2v3 parlaying. This is my last action, isn't it? Fight, thrall, investigate, spend clues, fourth action. Leo makes me 3v3, Elusive makes me 4v3, Think on my feet makes me 5v3, Quantum Flux makes me 6v3. Zero. <laughs> Overkill! Four cards in discard pile. Jazz joins me. Act advances. The experiment is loose already knew that. You convince Jazz that something strange is going on and that Professor Rice may be in danger. He doesn't trust you enough to hand you his keys, but agrees to come with you. I think something about my accent, he's thinking, this is a bit weird. But also, what is a painter doing wandering around in the middle of the night in Miskatonic? All of a sudden, you hear a crash coming from the science building, and a student rushes towards you. Help! he cries. There's some kind of animal loose in the chem labs! I only barely caught a glimpse of it, but... He shudders. I think it's heading to the dorms. You've got to do something. If the Alchemy lo Lab's location is not in play, put it into play. If you're at Agenda 1 or 2, I'm not. Spawn the set-aside experiment there. So I don't need to do that. If I've completed the House Always Wins, put the set-aside alchemical concoction into play underneath the Alchemy Labs. If extracurricular activity is the first scenario of the campaign, remove the set-aside alchemical concoction from the game instead. Act 3A, Campus Safety. You have only moments to react. You could warn the students in the dormitories and escort them to safety, or continue your task of searching the faculty offices for Professor Rice, or perhaps you could try to slay the beast that threatens the campus. Objective, find and complete an objective on another encounter card. I didn't look at the experiment when it came into play, but the game is pointing me towards dealing with it, so let's take a look. The experiment, something went terribly wrong. Four fight, two evade, easy for me. Seven health, bit scary. Monster, abomination, and elite. Massive, the experiment gets plus three health, so it's actually ten health. Forced, when the enemy phase begins, ready the experiment. So evading it really only sets up sneak attacks, but otherwise is useless. If the experiment is defeated, advance to act 3b. It's victory two, which is quite nice, and it hits for two damage and two horror. Well, I have two charges on shriveling. If I could land them, which is looking somewhat unlikely, that could take it down to six health. And then I do have two backstabs, but I only have four resources. Backstabs would be four V4s. I feel like if I was going the shrivel backstab route, I would have prioritised keeping guts and manual dexterity to try and land those hits. So I'm going to say that I'm not going for the experiment which leaves the dormitories all rice, and you've probably worked out which way I'm already going. That was my fourth action, grabbing jazz. 
enemy phase, the experiment doesn't hunt. Upkeep, I draw a perception, okay? And I get a resource, I'm up to five. Mythos, we go to one of two doom. And I draw a locked door, placed on the location with the most clues. Well, there are four locations revealed that have zero clues on them, so I'm going to put it on the Orn Library. Why not? And then I get another resource from Lone Wolf. Should we try and finish this turn? First action, move into the dormitories. The red brick form of the west dormitory could be seen through the trees. One shroud, three clues. If investigators in the dormitory spend three clues as a group, go to resolution two, and it has victory one. As you explore these old, well-kept buildings, you find yourself wondering whether the beds are comfortable. First action, I'll investigate using the flashlight, which makes me a 2v1. Minus one. Clue. Second action, I'll play this card, drawn to the flame. Draw the top card of the encounter deck. It's beyond the veil. I've already got a copy in my threat area, so it just surges. And it surges into Eager for Death. Test Willpower 2. Increase this skill test's difficulty by 1 for each damage on you. No damage, so 5v2. If you fail, take 2 horror. If they can catch the fleeing soul when it leaves the body, they instantly flutter away, chittering in demonic laughter. Minus 1. Pass, and again two clues from this location. I have three clues, so as an objective, I'm going to spend all three and go to resolution two. Okay, great. Quick count there: the two Yidians and two locations is four XP, which is great because I was aiming for three in this first scenario. And what I'm going to do is pause, uh, set up the next scenario, and record that for you guys. back again and we're going into scenario two which is really scenario 1a uh, 1b rather the house always wins skulls are minus two i can spend two resources to treat them as zero instead and cultists are minus three if i succeed gain three resources agenda 1a the clover club you've entered the clover club casino in search of dr morgan the club is bustling at this late hour filled with patrons looking to relax and drink or make it big. You don't appear to be in much danger. For Doom, and each criminal enemy gains aloof, so I need to spend an action to engage them and they don't engage me automatically. Forced, if an investigator deals damage to a criminal enemy, immediately advance. Act 1A, beginner's luck. You need to find Dr. Morgan. The club is packed. Perhaps somebody knows where he is. Reaction, when you reveal a Chaos token, you may treat that token as if it were any other token in the Chaos bag. If you do, remember that you've cheated. Group limit once per round. I need four clues. Objective, when the investigators have collected the requisite number of clues, they must immediately spend them in advance. I begin playing La Bella Luna. La Bella Luna was a multi-purpose establishment. Two shroud, one clue. As an action, I can resign. This was a bust. The music is cliché, and they only serve spaghetti. As far as covers for underground speakeasies go, it's not particularly creative. So changes, I've upgraded Leo. 
I've put in an adaptable and I've swapped out that quantum flux and the cheap shot and I've bulked up a bit in terms of combat with a second uh, storm of spirits and I've also put in an I'm outer here which we'll see if we can make this work. Uh, so there was method in my madness with doing extracurricular activities first and the plan really is obviously to avoid getting those nasty tokens in the chaos back so not rescuing rice and then if I can possibly make life easier for myself in where doom awaits this is the time to do it but it's it's quite the long shot and things really need to come out correctly so we'll see how it looks 13 cards here we go Looks like you deal them for hours. Let's see how many events we have. One, two, three, four. I've got four, but one of my nine remaining cards is a Stars of Hyades, which I set to one side and draw into flashlight. Okay, so I've got two emergency cash, a backstab, and a storm of spirits. So they're just going straight underneath me. There's no reason not to put four under there. And then in my hand, I've got Lone Wolf, Flashlight, Shriveling, Upgraded Leo, a second Flashlight, Manual Dexterity, Guts, Perception, and a Painted World. Interesting. I'm going to have to discard a card straight away. I think it's one of these two Flashlights, because if I play this right, I'm only ever going to need to get one, use one Flashlight's worth down the line. So I'm going to discard that straight away and I need to shuffle Hyades back in. I think I see an opening play working. The question is, do I keep hold of Leo so that I can chuck him for the ally ability in the lounge? And I think the answer is no. Those four actions from the off is much more powerful than hanging on to him for two clues. I could draw a second Leo, particularly if I go and drink, in which case I could get another two clues that way. But also, well, yeah, just getting him down is going to be the key to my success, I believe. So, first action, play Leo, taking me to zero resources. Second action, draw one of these two emergency cash from underneath me. Third action, play it. And fourth action, play Shriveling, taking me back down to zero. Enemy phase. There is the Clover Club pit boss in play, neglected to mention him. 3 fight, 4 health, 3 evade, preys on the highest intellect, which is my measly 2, criminal and elite, and he's a hunter that says after an investigator at Clover Club Pit Boss's location gains any number of clues, Clover Club Pit Boss readies, engages that investigator, and makes an immediate attack, 2 damage. He's victory 1. So he hunts to me, but because he's aloof, he stays where he is, and I do upkeep. I draw a card haunted now delightfully haunted and i get a resource I'm up to two. First mythos phase we get one doom and i draw twist of fate reveal a random token from the chaos bag if you reveal an elder sign symbol or a positive number of which there's one nothing happens any other number is a damage and any symbol is two horror Zero. That is any other number, so one damage goes on our friend Leo here. It's not too bad. Okay, dealing with Haunted just to get it out of the way seems a good thing to do, so double action to clear Haunted. 
I would like to get this lone wolf down so it starts ticking over. The question is, do I draw first and see if I draw another copy of Leo? And if I do, I stay put so that the pit boss stays with me. If I move into the lounge and then play lone wolf, the pit boss comes with me. And I run the risk of then drawing a Leo and wanting to move him. So I stay put. I draw into a guts and I play this lone wolf for one. Enemy phase, the pit boss stays where he is. Upkeep, I draw a painted world. I get that resource back. So I'm up to two again. And I go to two do with four. Draw a swarm of rats, which engages me. Does it engage me? Yes, it does. Hmm. Punch the rats? Shrivel the rats? I could, now that I get that one lone wolf resource, storm of spirits the rats, which would hit the pit boss for two. But if I deal damage to a criminal enemy, I immediately advance. I'd lose myself two turns. So I think what I do is I play it safe and I shrivel the rats. So I'm a 4v1, using shriveling mainly for the, the boost. Don't have any combat icons in my hand. And then I move on. 4v1, shriveling the rats. Skull, minus two, rats shriveled. Because I've drawn a skull, I have to take a horror, and I'll put it on Leo, so he's taken one of each. Second action, I move to the lounge. It reads, Comfortable leather couches, mahogany furniture, and an array of beautiful art greets gamblers, tempting them into the life of the would-be affluent. Two shroud, no clues. While it's act one, which it is, it gains... Action, discard an ally asset from your hand, gain two clues from the token pool, limit once per game. First action shrivel, second action move. I could carry on into the bar, or I could draw. Draw and play this flashlight. I could spend one of these painted worlds for a copy of this cash, just to get more money up. If I do that, I would be planning to go and gamble in the card room, and drinking in the bar forget about the lounge if i do that i'd also well these two guts sets me up fairly nicely for killing the pit boss i'm going to hold on to these painted worlds i think what i might do is draw cash out from underneath me and play it yeah third action draw it fourth action play it taking up to six resources enemy phase the pit boss joins me in the lounge he's just circling around me and I draw a Drawn to the Flame, which is not helpful at the moment, and I get a resource up to seven. We go to three Doom, and I draw an Obanian's Thug. It's also aloof because it's a criminal, which is nice. Go up to eight resources with Lone Wolf. First action, I'm going to move to the bar. The shelves behind the bar sag beneath the weight of all manner of bootlegged drinks. Cheap ales, moonshine, expensive bottles of wine, aged whiskey. If only you had a couple of hours to kill. No Seth's feelings there. And I flip it over. It's three shroud, no clues. And while it's act one, I can spend two resources to gain two clues from the token pool and draw two cards. Remember that I've had a drink limit once per game. Well, I currently have eight cards in hand, but I also have the resources. So I could spend an action to do that and move up to the card room and try and gamble up there. I think... I think I shall. Uh, I just want to push on, basically. Spend two. Draw two. I get a backstab. 
and a ward of protection. Mm, that is nice. And two clues. Uh, I'm going to place Doom on my investigator card to remind me that I've had a drink. Well, I'm definitely going to have to discard some cards, but I'm starting to motor a little bit here. Just putting a marker on the bar to remind me I've done that as well. So luckily this is connected to the card room. So I could move up to the card room and try and gamble. And then the pit boss would come to me and then he would engage me at the end of the round. Or I could play my flashlight. What else happens when the agenda advances? Mm, it's important to know, isn't it? I've forgotten to know. Play my flashlight and move up to the card room. He comes up to me, I fight, fight gamble, try and move on. I'm in for a bigger fight now, aren't I? Potentially massive fight. Money is useful. What do I discard from all of this? This perception and uh, drawn to the flame, maybe, of things that go. Mm. I've got eight. I'm going to play the flashlight. Action three. Taking me to three, four resources. And then last action, I'm going to take a resource because I've got to keep my resources up if I want to play these backstabs. Enemy phase, the pit boss moves to me. The Urbanian stud doesn't hunt. Upkeep, I draw Stars of Hyades, just what I wanted to see. It has a choice between a Storm of Spirits and a Backstab. I would really like both of those. I suppose I want the Storm of Spirits more. That's the one that gets removed, of course. Okay. And Hyades goes back into my deck. I definitely was wondering this when I was planning to record these playthroughs, that there's a lot more shuffling for Seth than there is for almost any other investigator, I would say. You've got Hyades potentially coming up a couple of times. If you're playing Quantum Flux, you get a couple more shuffles that way. I tend to play draw-heavy investigators anyway. I like to push my draw. One of the things I'm going to be looking to invest in for Seth for future scenarios is pickboxing level two because i think that's a pretty strong card oops dropped cards in my excitement all in all you just have to put up with a bit of shuffling and i'll probably cut some out when i briefly edit these so that was drawing stars of hyades and i get a resource set one here and then i have one two three four five six seven eight nine cards in hand so i only need to discard one I think I discard the perception. I've got a flashlight ready to go. Keeping hold of the drawn to the flame is at least the willpower icon. So the perception goes. I, I don't think I'm going to need it. We hit four doom. I think all hell breaks loose now as well. Criminals are no longer aloof. So the pit boss engages me. On the right track. Your questioning has drawn the attention of several men, hired thugs by the look of them. Francis doesn't want to be bothered, one of them says. We suggest you leave the premises before we force you to leave. Probably for my bad accent. Shuffle the encounter discard pile into the encounter deck. If the players have completed extracurricular activity, advance directly to Agenda 2B. So I'm going to do that. So we skip Agenda 2A, we flip to Agenda 2B. Sudden chaos. You hear a crash from somewhere outside and screams of pain in the lounge. A terrible monstrosity smashes through the entrance to the club, crushing the stairwell and knocking over gangsters and patrons alike. Spawn a random enemy from the set-aside hideous abominations encounter set in the Clover Club lounge. That is... The Servant of the Lurker. 
Shuffle the rest of that encounter set, and the set aside striking fear encounter set, and the encounter discard pile into the encounter deck. Move all investigators and unengaged enemies from La Bella Luna to the Clover Club Lounge. Remove La Bella Luna from the game. Leads us straight up to Agenda 3A, Chaos in the Clover Club. Amidst the chaos and confusion, the strange abominations attack everyone in the club. Screams echo through the halls as the blood begins to spray. Forced at the start of the enemy phase, discard each criminal enemy in the same location as an abomination enemy. So at the moment, the thug and the servant. And this is a seven doom threshold. Well, dealing with this pit boss is going to be my first priority. He does seem to be crying out for a backstab, but he has four health, which doesn't make it ideal, does it? I think a better backstab target is the Servant of the Lurker, because you can do a three damage hit if you land a backstab, and then a two damage hit with a shriveling. Well, it's all about to go a bit crazy, so let's see. And I still need to draw an encounter card, and that is Dissonant Voices. I cannot play assets or events this round. If my plan is simply to shoot the pit boss twice, move up to the card room and gamble, then it doesn't matter. That means I would be taking a hit from the Servant of the Lurker. Could cancel Dissonant Voices, but I think there are nastier things to take. I'm going to just take the Dissonant Voices on the chin. I go up to seven resources with Lone Wolf, and I will try and shrivel the pit boss. I'm a 4v3, and I'll commit a Guts to be a 6v3. Plus one. I get a card. It's a Think on Your Feet. And I do two damage to the pit boss. I'll shrivel him again. I'm down to one shriveling charge. I'll commit a guts again. 63. Minus one. 5b3. Get another card from that guts. It's a drawn to the flame. And the pit boss is a shriveled heap on the ground. <sighs> I could <laughs> move in to where the Servant of the Lurker is, but then the Obanian thug engages me again. Uh, at the start of the enemy phase, discard each criminal enemy in the same location as an abomination enemy. It would get discarded. So I could move in and evade the Servant, and I wouldn't take the hit. And the Obanian thug would hit me in the criminal phase, but at the, uh, the enemy phase, but at the start of the enemy phase it would get discarded. Maybe I should do that rather than letting the Servant of the Lurker come to me. If I draw Leo as my next card, I could chuck Leo if I kill the Lurker and I'd be ready to move on. Oh, it's hard to know. It's always hard to know. If I ride the hit, I can take two and two comfortably. I just can't take much more than that. Two actions left. Go to the card room, try and drink. Uh, try and gamble. As you approach the card room, the clinking of poker chips and the shuffling of cards is punctuated by shouts of revelry and frustration. Your thoughts are nearly drowned out by the racket. Three Shroud, no clues. While it's Act 1, which still is, it gains spend two resources, reveal a random chaos token. If it's the Elder Sign, you get two clues and two resources. If it's even, you get two clues. And if it's odd or one of the symbols, nothing happens. Well. 
Let's give it a go for my last action. Two resources. Can rogues gamble? Minus one. It's odd. Nothing happens. Do I cheat? When I reveal a token, I can treat it as if it was any other token. If I do, I have to remember I've cheated. Mm. No, I do not cheat. Dissonant voices goes away. The start of the enemy phase, the O'Banion Stug is destroyed. And the servant of the lurker hunts to me and hits me for two damage and two horror, which I take all on myself. So I've got three health and seven sanity left. Upkeep, I draw an elusive, and I get a resource. Mythos, I go to one doom of seven, and I draw Frozen in Fear. The first time I f move, fight, or evade each round, it costs one additional action. Well, I am tempted to cancel that, because actions are at a premium. So I spend one resource, I take a horror, I've got six left, and I'm not frozen in fear. Clearing it is alright, because I'd be a 4v3, so I'm already up, but I don't want to commit extra willpower icons to clearing it, so I'm just going to get rid of it. And then I get a lone wolf resource, so I'm back to six, which seems alright. First action, I'll try and backstab the servant of the lurker, spending three. Fight. This attack uses agility instead of combat, so I'm a 4v4, and I'll commit this manual dexterity to the test, making me a 6v4, and I'll commit one of my painted worlds to the test. 8v4. Zero. Three damage hit. Good backstab. Second action, or try to shrivel the servant of the lurker. On the 4v4, I'll commit both drawn to the flames to be 6v4, and this last painted world to be 8v4. Minus one. Maybe that was overkill, but I get another XP. Servant is gone. And I've got two actions left. Third action, gamble again. Two resources. Have quickly run out of resources in this scenario. Minus one. And last action, take a resource. Got to get back my resources. Upkeep draws me Painted World, the third one. Three resources and just three cards in hand. Think on your feet, Elusive and Painted World. Go up to two doom. This is looking risky now. And I draw a swarm of rats. Oh, sort of just what I didn't need. Now, I've tried gambling twice to not really much avail. I don't know if it's better to double down on the gambling. So punch the rats once, hopefully hit them. Pretty limited for combat icons. The other option is that I think on my feet now to the lounge and I draw three times hoping to hit a Leo. But the chances of that are pretty slim too. The question is what is more likely? Even numbers, there is so elder sign zero zero minus two minus two minus four, so six in fifteen, and cards left in my deck 
15. So 1 in 15, but with 3 bites at that cherry. I'll try and punch the rats. So I go up to 4 resources from Lone Wolf. 2v1 punching the rats. I mean, this could be the time sink now. Plus 1! Yes, dead rats. Okay. I've got enough to gamble twice. First action gamble. Uh, second action gamble. Skull. Nothing happens. I may spend two resources to treat this as a zero, which counts as even in this scenario. Do you know that? So I will, and I'll go broke. Okay, so that gets me another two clues. That's my... It's not limited, that one. I have to spend all four. Man, we've got to get a Motron now. High Roller. It's amazing, isn't it, how the... Even the energy and how you play changes when you get a little success like that. I feel now like, come on, I can push it. I can do stuff. I've got no cards, no resources, and I'm still like excited. Anyway, after speaking to a number of gamblers and servers, it seems as though Dr. Morgan has had quite the run lately. Instead of cashing out his winnings, he was convinced to double down. He was last seen entering the guarded hall near the back of the card room. Put the set-aside darkened hall into play. Well, it's in play. Just rearrange my play area. If it's a gender one, it's not. Put a criminal there. Act to a skin game. Dr. Morgan is somewhere in the private section of the club where only VIPs and the club's managers are allowed. If you're to find him, you're going to have to sneak or even fight your way in. Two clues to advance. Only investigators in the VIP area may spend the requisite number of clues as a group to advance. So that was second action. Third action into the darkened hall, and let's just push on. A heavy oak door stands in a secluded corner of the club. As you approach it, the air grows heavy and the clamour of the card room fades behind you. Four shroud, zero clues, forced. When darkened hallway, uh, darkened hall, sorry, is revealed, put into play the three set-aside back hall doorway locations. I'm just giving them a shuffle, even though I have no idea about that order. And they all read, you approach an unmarked door towards the back of the Clover Club. So Darkened Hall, it has a little bit of flavour text. Wow, it's connected to a lot of places. <laughs> the door slams shut behind you and you stand in sudden silence. This area of the club is lonesome and devoid of warmth or colour. Somehow the spotless floor and walls seem more sinister than inviting. One action left. Take a resource, go into one of these rooms. Uh, if I go in and then draw an enemy next turn, I'll end up thinking my feet back out, probably. I could draw a card. I'm sort of tempted to just get a resource because that would get me up to three, but at some point I'm going to need to draw up. If I don't draw an enemy, almost anything else I can move in, investigate, move back out, move to a new one. Almost anything else. So I stay put and I get a resource. One. No enemies, amazingly. Good control. Upkeep. I draw I'm out of here, which allows me to resign from anywhere, and I get a resource. And I'm just going to have to one side my Lone Wolf resource. I go to Three Doom, and I draw Rotting Remains. Revelation, test willpower three for each point you fail by take one horror. A sickening display of gore causes you to retch. You're glad this wasn't you. I could give myself plus two with a painted world, but I'm not going to. Seth is going to take it on the chin. 4v3. 
Zero. Yes. That was worth it. First action, move into one of these back hall doorways. Uh, I'm going to choose the bottom one. It's the art gallery. Two shroud, one clue, one victory point. Forced, after you fail a skill test while investigating the art gallery, lose two resources. Exotic art and antiques adorn the walls of Peter Clover's private gallery. An evening breeze rustles the worn pages of a ledger back and forth. Okay, first action was moving in. Second action is investigating using the flashlight that I played eons ago. That makes me a 2v0. Minus two, zero v zero, I get the clue. Third action, move back to the darkened hall. And then, do I go into one of these last ones? I do, I just keep pushing, because if I can find the right place, if I can find the VIP area, then we're good. One move in, two grab a clue, three move back. Or do I do the same thing I did? No, I've got to move in. Middle room, it is the back alley. One shroud, one clue action resign we can get out this way a steep narrow staircase ascends to a second unmarked door to your surprise it leads into a back alley behind la bella luna this must be where they smuggle in their goods upkeep i draw think on your feet i have two of those in hand now and i get a resource i'm up to four four doom and i draw arousing suspicion place one doom on each criminal enemy at your location if no doom was placed by this effect, lose two resources, taking you back down to two, and then I get a lone wolf resource. Okay, I'll investigate the back alley with one of these flashlight charges. 2v0. Minus three, zero v zero. Clue. Second action, move back into the darkened hall. Well, we know where the VIP area is. Third action, move into the third back hall doorway. The coppery smell of blood assaults your senses. The floor is littered with broken glass and the upholstery has been torn to shreds. Where is Dr. Morgan? Three shroud, one clue. While you're in the VIP area, you cannot draw cards or gain resources during the upkeep phase. Now, I have the two clues I need to spend. Investigate, move, move. I could simply... Spend these two clues now. Can I get this one, though? I think I can make it as well. It's all about timing, isn't it? Okay, so I investigated the back alley. I moved twice. I've got one action left. I'll spend a flashlight charge to take the shroud of this down to one. So I'm 2v1. And I'll commit both of these think on your feats to make me a 4v1. Skull, minus two, clue. So I'm at three clues, which is nice. I'm not going to spend my clues yet, but I'm going to stay in the VIP area so I don't get to draw a card, I don't get to gain resources during upkeep. Doom, go to five of seven, and I draw a swarm of rats, and I get one resource from Lone Wolf. Now I'm going to spend my two clues. Let's see if we can do this. I'm feeling terrified but positive. Dr. Morgan's fate. If we've not completed extracurricular activity, I read one thing. If I have completed extracurricular activity, I have. The VIP rooms are filled with the mangled and bloody bodies of unfortunate patrons. There doesn't appear to be any trace of Dr. Morgan. You hear screaming and gunfire from the main area of the club. 
put the set-aside Peter Clover into play in the Clover Club bar, search the encounter deck or out of play for an abomination enemy and spawn it in the Clover Club bar. Advance to Act 3A, Fold. Okay, that is spawned in the bar as well. Maybe I've judged this incorrectly. 3A, Fold. Free drinks for whoever gets me the hell out of here, a man exclaims from the bar. While Peter Clover is not controlled by a player, he gains action, parlay, test willpower three to convince Peter to follow you. If you succeed, place one clue from the token bank on him. If there is one clue on him, take control of him. Objective, if each undefeated investigator has resigned, advance. So... Parlay, fight, evade, and resign are the four actions you can take that don't attack, uh, don't provoke attacks of opportunity. Sorry, the shuffling unit here is that I grabbed a conglomeration of spheres out of the encounter deck, so I'm just shuffling the encounter deck. Conglomeration of spheres in the bar. One fight, six health, four evade, preys on the lowest willpower, hunts, and if you perform an attack against the conglomeration of spheres using a melee card, you discard it. Hits for a damage and a horror. Peter Clover says he's holding all the cards. Forced at the start of the enemy phase, if no investigator controls Peter Clover, deal one damage to him. And as a free triggered action, you can exhaust Peter Clover to automatically evade a criminal enemy in your location. So here's what I'm thinking. I can get away from the swarm of rats. I can get to Peter Clover, but the conglomeration of spheres would engage me. I can parlay with Peter, and that doesn't provoke attacks of opportunity. And then I can resign from the bar because I know that there's a resign location in play. It's been revealed and I have, I'm out of here in play. So I spend two resources to play elusive, which is fast. I disengage from each enemy engaged with me. So the rats go back into the VIP area and that moves me to the Clover Club lounge. I've got four actions remaining because elusive was fast. Move, parlay, resign. So I've got one spare. First action, draw. It's a lone wolf. Second action, move. The conglomeration engages with me. Third action, parlay. I'm a 4v3, and I'll commit this painted world that I've been holding on to for plus two, 6v3. Skull, minus two. If you succeed, place one clue from the token blank on Peter. If there is one clue on him, take control of him. So I engage him, or he joins me rather. I've got one action left, and I am out of here. I'm resigning where I am, so I drop my clue on the bar. Meaning I've cleared the VIP area, the back alley, and the art gallery, and I've killed the servants of the lurker and the pit boss. 5 XP by my count. And I've got to say... I'm really pleased with that. That was, I felt like it was quite touch and go, but yeah, it just came together at the last moment. I thought I'd maybe wasted too much time, but I just managed to hold it. And I think fighting my way free and actually taking that hit from the Servant of the Lurker really made it feel good. So I've got one XP left over from the previous scenario, and I think I've just gained five. I'll check resolutions as well. Probably, definitely, probably, definitely, almost certainly going to buy Streetwise in two lockpicks now. But if you have other ideas, it'll be a while before I play the next scenarios. So by all means, send me a message. 
you can reach me on drawn to the flame podcast at gmail.com or drawn to the flame on twitter or facebook i always love hearing from people and yeah tell me how you think this has gone if you have things that you think are glaringly obvious that i'm not doing i'd love to hear about them and yeah thank you very much as ever for listening for supporting for voting for seth that's been really cool and for getting this show on the road. Cheers. Bye-bye.